Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, time for your Wednesday, February 24th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is game day. Thank goodness it's game day. After you have a bad loss like that one in Tahoe, 7-3 to to the Bruins, you can't wait to get to the next game. You want to get that taste out of your mouth. You want to chart a different course, change the narrative, change the talking points. Well, the Flyers have a chance to do that tonight against the New York Rangers. Rangers right now, sixth team in the East Division. Uh, through 16 games, a record of 6-7-3, and three, 15 points. Uh, they've won their last two. They're 5-3-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, they will be without Artemi Panarin in the game. The Flyers right now holding down the fourth spot in the division, at least as of recording this. Uh, the Penguins tied with the Flyers in points in action. Uh, the Islanders as well. Uh, but the Flyers through 15 games, 8-4. Four and three on the season, 19 points, and they've lost their last two games. And they have an opportunity tonight to get back on the beam and get a win uh, against the New York Rangers. So we're going to get to Twitter questions coming up in just a couple of minutes. But really the big story yesterday was the arrival, or return I should say, of the captain, El Capitan, Claude Giroux, returned to the Flyers practice site yesterday, uh, cleared from COVID protocol. They still have some players, uh, five players to be exact, that were in protocol yesterday. Uh, Justin Braun could be coming out any day now as well. I think Jake Voracek and Travis Konechny, Oscar Lindblom, Scott Lawton are still a couple days away. Not to mention that if they were able to get back on the ice tomorrow, you have to wonder if they would play. They haven't practiced uh, really probably since February 7th. And they've been in protocol, and depending on their symptoms or how the uh, coronavirus uh, infection affected them physically, if they had symptoms, if they were worn down, uh, they may need a practice or two to get back on the ice before going right back out after not having any practice or being on the ice in a couple weeks to go right back out and play in an NHL game. Really difficult position. You want to get the cavalry back. You want to get the regulars back in the lineup. Uh, but there also is other considerations there to deal with as well. Matter of fact, you'll hear from Lane Vigneault in this episode, and he'll, he'll mention that Claude Giroux will be a game-time decision. Now, Claude said he did feel really good after the practice. When it's all said and done, Claude Giroux is a warrior. He played over 300 straight games. He's a guy that is a leader, works his butt off, and I imagine come hell or high water that he'll be back on the ice for that game tonight against the New York Rangers. That much I can pretty much guarantee uh, without being able to guarantee it, if that makes sense. But let's hear from the captain. After practice yesterday, back on the ice, the captain had a chance to address the media, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, hi, G. Uh, Can you tell us uh, how difficult the COVID battle was for you, and do you feel strong enough to be able to play tomorrow, or is it too early to tell? Uh, Yeah, I mean, for a few days there, I had it pretty bad. Um, but, uh, after three, four days, I felt, felt pretty good and, um, I feel great now. So, uh, that's it. Do you feel that you're, uh, you're strong enough right now to play tomorrow? Then? Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel good. Practice today was good. It was a good pace and, uh, to get back on the ice, it was, uh, uh it was fun. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been a while I've seen, uh, uh, my teammates and, uh, today it felt like uh first day of camp or something. So, um, Today was uh, today was a good day, Claude. I guess under the quarantine rules, um, obviously you have to be quarantined from your teammates and so forth. But is it an option to stay away from your family, or does that depend on whether or not you have symptoms? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, at the end of the day, it's if you have symptoms or um, after an amount of time, you uh, you go back home to your family. But uh, saying that, you want to make sure that uh, you don't spread it. So. Uh, had to quarantine for an amount of an amount of time and wasn't wasn't great to be uh, part of the family. 
uh, I'm back home now, so uh, it's good to be back home. How how long did you have to be away from your family? Uh, about uh, well, I got back yesterday, so uh, being able to to be back home, um, it's great. You know, you just you just want to make sure you do the right things out there. Hey, Claude, uh, I was just wondering if you could disclose how, how long did you have to stay in BC and um, and just how tough was it watching the last two games? Yeah, I think uh, watching the guys play was uh, was real tough. Um, obviously, we had a lot of guys that were out the lineup, and um, I don't remember last time I watched uh, Flyers play at home, and uh, it wasn't uh, uh, wasn't that fun. You want to be out there and and uh, and, and help the team. Um, well, saying that, it's uh, it's good to be back now. How hard was it being away from your family and Gavin, of course? I mean, uh, anytime you're away from your family. Uh, it's tough. Uh, I mean, uh, my wife did, uh, did a great job. She, uh, uh, she's a rock star and, um, you know, the first day that I, I saw Gavin again, it was, uh, uh, he was really happy. And, uh, so was I. Wayne Fish, you're on with Claude. Go ahead. Hi Claude. Uh, how frustrating was it to see your consecutive game streak and the way that it did and how proud are you of that streak? Yeah, I mean, it was it, anytime you get to play every game, it's uh, it's great. Uh, I mean, uh, you want to stay healthy. You want to uh, you want to make sure your body uh, is able to play all those all those games. And um, I'm not that frustrated about it. Uh, obviously, obviously, I wanted to play, but at the end of the day, uh, it doesn't really matter. Claude Drew did deal with some symptoms and uh, didn't feel well for a few days, but that subsided. Said after that, he had to ride it out basically. And got, felt real good to be back on the ice, be back in the room with the boys, and uh, get back at it here for the Flyers as well, and, and and develop a rhythm in this season. They've yet to be able to really develop a rhythm with all the uh, postponements and over the past couple of weeks. And then you look, at, you know, we talked to Sean Couturier on a, a couple episodes ago, and he's a guy who played the first game, the full game, then two shifts of the second game, came back for a game after missing ten to play against the Washington Capitals at a three point night, by the way. Not a big deal. And uh, then they went on COVID protocol pause. And then they come back, play the one game at uh, that Thursday night against the New York Rangers. He had, a, he had a two points in that one as well, or a goal in that game as well. He had a point in that one as well. And then obviously the game in Tahoe. And he was saying, I just want to get into a rhythm of the season. You, you wait so long and you prepare so long for an NHL season physically, mentally, all of the elements to, to get yourself ready to play. And then it's been really disjointed uh, a start for Sean Couturier. And obviously the team wants him back in the lineup as well, uh, as consistently and as often as possible because he's such an important player. Uh, but uh, the Flyers, they're going to have a lot of games coming up. They're going to start with this game tonight against the New York Rangers, back-to-back games this weekend against the uh, Buffalo Sabres up in Buffalo. Buffalo's going to look to exact a little revenge there. They're a little bit of a mess right now. Uh, but Buffalo is a team... Two games back-to-back on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday against the Sabres. 1 o'clock Saturday, 3 o'clock Sunday, and then uh, three games in Pittsburgh, March 2nd, 4th, and 6th. So that'll be interesting as well. Uh, The Penguins, Flyers swept in the first two games of the season, so they'll be looking to exact a little revenge too. 6-3 and and 5-2 were the scores of those games. Uh, I made a mistake there. Flyers did lose the one game to Buffalo 6-1 to earlier this season, so they split with Buffalo. And then they shut him out with Brian Elliott's 40th career shutout, a 41-save effort. But let's get to the head coach right now before we get to Twitter questions. Lane Vigneault addressed the media with a lot of questions about his roster, his lineup, and, and much more, including Nolan Patrick. Here's the head coach. Hey, V. Um, how much does it mean to have Claude Giroux back in the lineup, and do you expect him to play tomorrow? 
Well, with no doubt, uh, you know, having our captain back with our group is uh, is important for us and uh, will be beneficial. Uh, whether he'll play or not tomorrow, today was his uh, first uh, skate. Uh, he'll skate tomorrow, even though we don't have a team skate. There'll be a couple of guys that are going to skate on the ice. He'll skate tomorrow, and we'll talk after and see how he feels. I haven't uh, uh, talked to him after today's practice yet, uh, but uh, – he looked good, even though this was, uh, you know, his first time on the ice. He looked like he had a lot of pop, and uh, and hopefully he can play tomorrow. But uh, we'll only know that tomorrow. That'll be a game time decision. Uh, yeah. Who is the goalie tomorrow? Uh, I'm still in the process of uh, confirming that. I just need, in in theory, uh, Brian will be playing tomorrow. I just have to uh, check one minor little thing here. Uh, it, it wasn't. Uh, he had a little tweak a little while back. I just want to make sure that uh, he's good to go. He seemed fine today in practice, but I need to uh, uh, to talk to him to confirm that. Hey, Lane. Uh, it looked like Nolan Patrick was playing the wing today. I'm curious as to what your thought process is behind that move. Today, uh, I, I'm not saying don't put a, a lot into the lines. Like I, I wanted to put G uh, back in one of the lines in case he is available and can play. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Uh, you know, he's uh, first skate today, so we'll see how he feels. Uh, but um, I wanted to put uh, Nolan on that side to s sort of uh, help him get going a little bit here. Him him, and Hayes here are very close. Uh, we need Nolan to uh, to play better than he has uh, so far. It's not an easy, easy situation when uh, you've missed the amount of time that he's missed. Uh, but we need to find a way here to help him help, and help him find his game. And uh, I thought that, uh, you know, with Hazy and that connection, that might help. And uh, putting G there, if G is, is good, uh, would be a, a possibility for tomorrow. What exactly about Nolan's game do you want to see more, obviously offensive, but but how is he doing with other parts of the game too? Uh, you know, I I think he's in, he's in position and we've discussed this, like he's a smart player he's always in the right position uh but obviously i, I believe and he he'll tell you this also like the, he can make more plays than he's making at this time and i need i think he needs to be a little bit more involved a little bit more intense in his one-on-one -on -one battles with and without the puck with the puck that would enable him to make more plays and without it i think it would enable him to to get the puck back a little bit quicker so uh, there's no doubt that there's a lot of things right now uh, going through his mind, just like Oscar. I mean, those guys missed it so much. Uh, you got to show some patience. You got to show some confidence, uh, and got to work with the players to help them to find their game. There's uh, uh, too much potential there and too much talent for it uh, at some point not to come out and come out consistently. Hi, Elaine. What are your thoughts on the uh, Panarin situation? was told quickly yesterday uh, when we got on the, on the bus uh, by Chuck, but I don't really know the, 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 the situation at all other than what I've uh, been told and read. So I don't really have a firm opinion on it. That's an uh, unfortunate uh, situation for, for what I was told, but I've obviously got some contacts in, in New York. He's a great young man, so hopefully uh, things work out. I don't know if you had a chance to chat with Carter Hart. Just how's he, how's he doing uh, since the last game? Uh, I I haven't had. I know Dilly uh, talked to him today. Uh, went through uh, some video 
uh, with him. I mean, you know, Carter's a young goaltender. Uh, every game he plays, it's experience for him. It's only going to get him better, get his game better, get our team better. Uh, you know, we're playing tomorrow, and then we are starting a sequence of uh, six games and nine nights. And I think it's four, three or four weeks in a row where we play four games and six nights. So we're going to be playing a lot of hockey. We have good two good goaltenders uh, that I'm both going to use. And uh, the next time that I do use Carter, I'm very sure I'm sure that he's going to be very good for us. Elaine Vigneault has been in the game for a very long time. And that last question there about Carter Hart is one that he's gone through this with goaltenders. You know, Carter Hart is 22. And success in the NHL, and in particular at the goaltending position, really every position, when these kids are drafted, they are kids. It's not like NFL players that get drafted at 21, 22 years old after three years at Michigan or three years at Alabama or four years, whatever it is. These are kids. Most of them aren't even shaving when they get drafted. Uh, they come in as kids. But uh, path to success at the NHL level is not a straight line. Uh, there are detours. There are adjustments. And uh, there's highs, there's lows, and you have to somehow compartmentalize that as a player and as a goalie, not to overreact when you're running really hot and not to overreact when you're struggling and you need to make some tweaks to your game. And going back and looking at uh, three of the goals in particular uh, from the game at Lake Tahoe, uh, the first one that, that I want to talk about is the Char uh, Charlie McAvoy point shot that tied the game at two. It's a point shot, and it looks like maybe Carter doesn't pick up the puck off the stick, but he seems like he's tracking it pretty far out, and it goes through his arm on his blocker side and his body. It's the seven hole. And I know he won't like that goal because as goaltenders, the theory is nothing through me. I was there. I should have made the save. I can't let things get through me. And that went through the seven hole. So I know he won't like that. It just seemed like maybe he was a little off on that and just didn't judge it correctly. And then the other two goals that, that I want to mention real quick is uh, the, the Trent Frederick goal, the turnaround shot. He's really deep in his net. I don't think he was expecting that opportunity. And I think that came 33 seconds after uh, the Charlie Coyle goal, which we'll talk about next. But uh, the Trent Frederick one, I think, caught him by surprise and maybe was a bit rattled from the Coyle goal. So, and it just surprised him. It rose up on him, deep in his net, gave him too much high glove, and the Trent Frederick shot picks the corner on him. Uh, the goal just prior to that, 33 seconds earlier, is the Charlie Coyle goal. And looking at that and really kind of breaking down the video of it, there's two elements there that are, are maintenance issues that I know Carter, and I'm sure Carter and Kim Dillabaugh are talking about. Number one, he's giving a little too much ice on the short side. He's not taking enough ice in his depth. He's deep, and he's giving a little too much on the short side. You always kind of want to shade to the short side uh, as opposed to the long side because that's the middle of the ice. There's usually more bodies there, uh, and you don't want to give those guys. It's a shorter path for the puck, too, the short side, as opposed to the long side. So he gives him a little too much short side. Not only that, but he was slightly off kilter. He wasn't square. Now, what do I mean by square? When I say a goalie wants to be square to the shooter at release. So you want to, A, beat the pass, B, get to your spot, get set, and B, square. That means shoulders facing it, chin down, tracking the puck. And he was slightly angled. A little flat is what we would call it in goalie parlance. And when you are flat, it's really difficult for your body, body and the biomechanics of your movement to be able to go in that direction when you're not square. 
And that that was the case on that goal. So there are three elements on that Charlie Coyle goal. One, a little too deep in his net, showing too much net. Two, showing a little too much on the short side. Couple that with being too deep, and it's even more pronounced. And that can only be an inch. That doesn't It doesn't take much. And then the other part, slightly flat, a little off kilter, and not square to the shooter at release. Those three things combined for that goal. And maybe that goal, in essence, combined for the Trent Frederick goal as well. But those, those are maintenance issues in a goaltender's game that you have to constantly be working on. And th- when the goalie works on that, it's at the beginning of practice before the team comes out. They'll get out there with their goalie coach. They'll go through some, some skating drills, goalie skating drills, box movements, edge work, you know, post integrations and those kind of things. And they haven't had that. So it, it stands to reason that some of those, those technical elements of Carter's game right now, and he is, he's a guy that relies on technical elements. He's a guy that is often in the right spot, which is why he makes the save. You see so many of his saves hit him in the logo. Why is that? Because he, A, beats the pass, B, gets to his spot, and C, gets square. He needs to tighten those elements, and when he does, he'll be right back on track and and being the goalie that we all know he can be and will be. Uh, Let's get to Twitter questions. The Egg tweets in. He's a great tweeter, by the way. He says, uh, a less heavy question. Would you like to see the Flyers-Rangers rivalry be renewed? And I asked for, when I solicited for Twitter questions, I asked for, give me something positive about the team right now through 15 games as well. Because I'm a firm believer that positive thoughts breed positive results. So even though Rome was burning in a 7-3 loss to the Bruins, let's talk about a little positivity uh, in, in light of the fact that the team is through 15 games and they are where they are in the standing. So he said his positive was the emergence of Joel Farabee. So let's take the first one. As far as the Flyers-Rangers rivalry, uh, absolutely I love when the Flyers and the Rangers play meaningful hockey games and it gets nasty. It's one of my favorite rivalries as a kid, even more so than the Penguins. I, I had family that was from the New York area, and they were Ranger fans, our, our cousins. So they would come down for Thanksgiving and the holidays every year, and we'd go up there to, to Long Island is where they were. They weren't Islander fans, oddly enough, but they were Ranger fans. And I've always, always had a disdain for the Rangers. Everything about them, from Ron Duguay to Barry Beck, uh, all through the year, so many guys and that Rangers organization. So, yes, I, I want that rivalry to be stoked, and I think it will. they got a really good couple of goaltenders, Igor Shosturkin and, and Georgiev. They obviously have some great players. They'll be without Panarin tonight, but he was a Hart Trophy finalist last year. Uh, obviously, Alex Lafreniere. They've got uh, Capo Caco. I mean, they've got some really good young players. They're going to be good, uh, and hopefully the two teams can, can battle it out for some meaningful playoff series and really stoke that rivalry. As far as your positive, the emergence of Joel Farabee, dead on. The egg, you're dead on. Got eight goals already. That's what he had all of his all of last year, his rookie season. He's got eight already in 15 games. The emergence of Joel Farabee, what he did in the offseason to bulk up his body, get stronger, and work on his finishing ability and his release are paying huge dividends. I said this the other night to Steve Coates when we were doing the game at the Wells Fargo Center for the game in Lake Tahoe. I said he looks like he aged four years in the offseason. Not aged and he looks old. Aged, but he looks like a man now. He's bulkier, he's bigger, he's stronger, and the emergence of Joel Farabee has been a great thing. So uh, two great ones from the egg. Colin Berger says, despite the need on D, I'm hoping they don't make a, an in-season move. Unknowns of the expansion draft and some aging veterans, but major organizational depth coming. Don't want to mortgage a bright future to win right now. Agree or disagree? Look, in sports, you can always sit there and say, I don't want to mortgage the future, and you're always 
you know, playing for the future. You're never playing for the present. I think they have to play for the present. I think you have to – the number one need for me is obvious. It's a top four defenseman. If you can get that guy and it works from a, you know, a what you give up to what you get and how it affects the expansion draft, then I'm in favor of it because just waiting and waiting for the future – and prospects are great. They really are. And if you have good prospects, that is good. A prospect doesn't mean anything until the prospect has success at the NHL level. Of course, you want your prospect pool to be deep and good. They are. But sometimes you got to use those prospects and use other draft picks and use those as equity to play for now. I want to play for now. We're in a pandemic. I want to win now. And I want to put the team in the best position to do that. Is that Matthias Ekholm from the Nashville Predators? He's a fit in a lot of ways, not a fit in a couple of ways. The expansion draft being one of them. He's got uh, the remainder of this year, obviously, on his contract and the following year. So if you give up anything to get him you and don't protect him, you likely will lose him in the expansion draft to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, he's a left shot. He's not a right shot. They'd prefer a right shot uh, to pair with Ivan Provorov. He's played a little bit on the right side, but primarily on the left side. Um, it, they're, they're not deal breakers, some of the, the knocks against them, uh, but it's not the perfect fit. But you may not find the perfect fit. Uh, let's go to Spunky41182, Anthony. He says, is there a boost in spirits among the team knowing the big names are coming back shortly? 5-1-1 against teams not named the Bruins, and we face those teams in the remaining 38 of 41 games. I like our odds. Uh, there's your positive. You're right. They don't face the Bruins. Uh, they, they got them three more times, but not for a while, not until April, number one. And number two, they have performed really well against the other teams, 5-1-1. One one. That's a good record. Uh, Carter has performed very well against every team not named the Bruins. Uh, is there a boost in Spears? I, I'm not in the room, so I'm not sure. Um, I did text with Claude Giroux when he got healthy, and, and he is very excited to be back. And I know that the players are very excited to have those guys back as well. Because not only they, they help you as from a hockey standpoint, but they're great guys to have in the room. And there's a lot of camaraderie on this team with the group and the core group. Uh, Jake tweets, and he says, given that they're shorthanded, what's one component of the Flyers game that you'd like to see improved upon against the Rangers? And he says, his positive thought is that we've barely seen a 100% healthy Flyers roster, and yet their record is still a very competitive one. It's a great point. Absolutely, Jake, about the record. And you, know, you miss Sean Couturier for 10 games, and you have the record you have. That's astounding. You had his replacement and Morgan Frost get hurt the game that he came in for Sean Couturier. And his season ended. So, yeah, you've had to go deep into the uh, the depth of the organization so far, and you've survived it. Now they got, you know, when you talk about the component that I'd like to see them improve against the Rangers, I'd like to see them take advantage of their D. Get, get pucks in deep and pound. Control what you can control, and that is skating your rear end off and moving your feet. I'd like to see that, and I, the one thing I really don't want to see is a goal early in a period, in particular that first period first minute of the game, that can't happen. you got to come out ready to tear the, the, the door off the locker room and get out there and get after it. Kristen Junta says, one positive thing is the Flyers have done this without a full team pretty much all year. Yeah, great point. And he says his question uh, is, do you think A.V. will go to the lines he had on the first game of the year once everyone is back and healthy? I don't know. I mean, Nolan Patrick on the wing with Claude Giroux and uh, Kevin Hayes in practice. I don't know what those lines will look like at that time. There's so many variables there. Uh, but, I mean, we could see that at some point. Um, at Kant's Dog one says, Hart is playing fine against every team except for Boston. So I'm not 
Uh, so he said, so far, I'm assuming we definitely still roll with Hart if we play Boston in the playoffs. But do you think there's a chance A.V. would play Elliott? And he said, speaking of Elliott, that's my positive, is that we have such a great backup. And Brian Elliott's been great uh, for the Flyers this season. And I was a big proponent of bringing him back uh, for the reason that he doesn't need a lot of games and can give you quality starts. All right, as far as Hart versus Boston in the playoffs, again, that's a question that it's really hard to answer. Because I there's too many things that can change between now and then. I, I'm thinking that, and I'm believing that Carter's going to straighten his season out. He's not he's not a goaltender that when he's gotten cold or gotten tagged a few times in a stretch, that it, it's a fait accompli for his season. And I saw I think it was Charlie O'Connor from the Athletic put this out, and and it's such a good point. When a player starts a season below the expectations of what we think they should be doing, it's more pronounced than when a player midway through a season goes through the same thing. Because our first impression of the season is that that's going to be the player the entire way. That's not going to be the case, though. It's a great point by Charlie. Uh, At Claude, one of one, says, I'm enjoying watching them uh, not need their A game to win every night. For years, it's been us losing when we shouldn't. And now this year, we're winning games when we shouldn't. I feel like that's a sign of a good team. I've used talked about that, and the way I have termed it is is this. I've I and I firmly believe this. Good teams win games when they're not at their best, and bad teams lose games when they are at their best. So yes, that is a sign of a good team. Still small sample size. We're early in a season, fifteen games in, but good teams they find ways to win games. Bad teams find ways to lose games. All right, last one. Uh, Philly wants the cup on Twitter. Jay Terso 98 he says, how do we get back into a rhythm and pick up six points in the next three games? That, that's a great question. Go back to the couple of games leading into that Washington Capitals game and start to get the elements of your game and the details in order. Getting healthy bodies back is going to be a big part of it, no doubt about it. I'm not guaranteeing that any of the COVID protocol players are going to be back tonight. I think Claude Giroux will be. As far as the other guys, the other five, we'll see when they come back. Uh, get the players back, get into a rhythm, get into a groove, and then ride it. And do not let up because it is a shortened season. Control what you can control. And those simple details of this game, you can control, like being prepared to play, not giving up a goal in the first minute of a period. And, and by just letting a guy walk you or giving up a bad two-on-one uh, just as you're trying to get your first sweat going of the game. You know, it's moving your feet, playing disciplined and not taking penalties, bad penalties, and getting in on the forecheck and skating and getting pucks deep and behind their defense. Play physical. Make yourself a difficult opponent that even if you lose a game, the team goes into their room after the game and they say, man, they're a tough team to play against. I don't want to play them three more times or whatever it is. That's what they can do. Control what you can control. What we control, Flyers-Rangers tonight. Can't wait. We'll have a recap episode and hopefully a player of the game interview on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Daily. Thanks for listening and enjoy your hockey tonight. With the